Hey friends, it's Sarah and Zach here with a special announcement. A live show happening soon? That's right, folks. You heard it here first. Come on out June 19th. We're doing a free live show at Empirical Brewing in Ravenswood. It's a special Father's Day themed episode with your favorite guest host, Dylan Danger Daniels. Check out the link in the description of this episode to RSVP and Secure Spot, as well as 15% off your bar tab. And most importantly, free your dad! All right, enough of the hoopla. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Album Rebrews. Please note, we do drink while recording this podcast, and if you choose to drink along at home, we encourage you to do so responsibly. Enjoy the episode. Cheers. Hey, welcome to Album Rebrews. It's a podcast where we pair our favorite drinks with our favorite albums. I'm Logan. I'm Sarah. I'm Zach. And this week on Album Rebrews, we're brewing a, uh, a very good, good album. Uh, it's going to be Town of the Hawk by The Front Bottoms. It's their fourth album coming out in 2013, and it is best paired with a Tecate Tallboy. Let's get into it. I'm gonna add a little bit of light. Yeah, to my uh, a very part or a very important part of the Tecate experience, which I was not previously aware of, um, but Logan put me on to, is squeezing a healthy wedge of lime into your beer. I will. Uh, I will explain why. Also, oh, please uh, do. One time at Shuba's, <laughs> which is a venue in Chicago, uh, I was seeing some friends' bands play. And I ordered a Tecate, and the guy just put a lime in it, and it changed my life. He just, a, a wedge of lime squeezed into the opening of the can. It's a classy move. Classy mm-hmm. move. Really good. I, don't, I agree. I don't think that you should have a Tecate any other way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through a couple of tracks, a couple bits of lyrics, a couple bits of music that we think really embody this album the, and the front bottoms just kind of as a whole. And uh, Zach, you were kind of leading this discussion since this was the album that you presented. So you picked a couple tracks that you think are really important to talk about, and we're just going to kind of start there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I like that we all had some some interesting thoughts in this first tune. Au revoir, mm-hmm. I'm saying it right? Um, <laughs> it's French. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, how appropriate. Um, and, uh, I like, it's just, it's like a minute and a half tune. Um, and it's got like three stanzas that just repeat, and he's just changing the word for goodbye to like mm-hmm. three different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so simple, but he's also saying a lot of meaning in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, it's kind of silly. <laughs> uh, I remember listening to this and being like, huh. <laughs> like that's so goofy. Um, I mean, you'll hear this, but he's he's kind of just, uh, it's like him and this girl just like patronizing each other <laughs> about not knowing French or not knowing Spanish or uh, not knowing about rock and roll. Well, and I read a couple articles that it's like, it's deeper than that. It's like, oh, you don't really know what I mean. Like, you don't really know what goodbye means. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because he's, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, the thing that I was going to say is the the lyrics change from, you don't think that we, you don't think you don't, you probably. <laughs> <laughs> Logan uh, has had two regular sized Tecates and yeah. is working on his tall boy now. <laughs> the words change. <laughs> from, you probably don't even know what that means to you don't 
understand what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the poignant part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we selected a little timestamp uh, to reference, but there's this really awesome part of the song where it goes from being pretty repetitive, pretty just kind of upbeat, um, to where it really gets into the meat of it. Say adios, adios. I bet you think I don't know what that means. Adios, adios. I bet you think I don't know what that means. Rock and roll. notice uh the change in the verbiage logan that you mentioned yeah it's kind of cool, it right? kind of starts off with um he's saying au revoir au revoir is kind of how he <laughs> says it which is very americanized yeah. anyway but he says like uh it, it seems like he's talking to this girl and says uh you probably don't understand what that means or you probably don't know what that means and and then she responds by saying adios and he's like you think i don't know what that means and then rock and roll you don't understand what that means. It's very interesting. I didn't know this. I, I didn't notice that. This is yeah. a fun little song. It's a fun little it opener. Yeah. Oh, it's a great opener. Yeah. It's like if you, <laughs> I, I I have not listened to this album in full before today. Full disclosure. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask you guys about that in the intro. I forgot. I hadn't. Yeah. I I mean I've heard bits and pieces of the front bottoms, you know, here and there, and I'll talk about that more. But um, I think this is a perfect like introduction like oh hey who are the front bottoms what's this album gonna feel like like we play this a little goofy a little sad a little goofy a little sad a little screamy yeah a little headbangy (laughs) a little gang vocals e i personally did not have a lot of experience with the front bottoms i'm curious what the case is with you guys zach you seem to have had the most experience you Uh, own this album on vinyl you picked it uh so it's a funny anecdote so my girlfriend of five years, we started seeing each other, and she had a front bottom sticker on her laptop. Mm. And I'm like, I should get into these guys, because so I have something to talk about. This is a woman <laughs> with taste. <laughs> well, I hadn't ever heard listen to them either. Oh, yeah. So I, like, full discography, got super into them. <laughs> just for your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out she just, like, got the sticker from free somewhere. She doesn't even oh like them. <laughs> And now, like, they're one of my favorite bands from my college years. Like, when I listen to them, I think of junior year. And, like, oh, so it's so funny. I, I love that. that. Oh, and, I yeah. love that that was your story. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not as good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like, used to make fun of the front bottoms when mm-hmm. I was in, I don't know, they were popular, like, when I was in high school. Yeah. And they were a band that people would, like, mock because the singer is whiny <laughs> and, uh, I asked my younger sister if she had a front bottoms phase, like mm-hmm. recently when Zach mentioned this album. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I used to listen to them unironically. <laughs> and I was like, they're a band that people listen to ironically. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And I, I think part of that is just because they've become like synonymous with like that emo sound. Yeah. And totally. Yeah. I think like as the, the forebearers of the genre, like you don't, you don't become iconic without also becoming a little bit of like a meme a meme yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah. yeah before this album i was i was kind of like all right i'll listen to the front bottom <laughs> right <laughs> um it's insane i mean i was uh i was trying to do my research 
to prep for this. And uh, I was Googling, um, are the front bottoms dot, 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 because we, we're in a climate right now where there's a lot of allegations of sexual assault. There's a lot of allegations of racism. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we were talking about bands that we had morals that we agreed with. So I was trying to, you know, suss them out, see if they were good folks. And the full disclosure, they do seem to be. Um, but when I typed the are the front bottoms dot 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 the first <laughs> the first result was Midwest emo <laughs> and I think that goes to show like how heavily they really influenced that sound that kind of whiny pining group vocals head banging riffalicious um, <laughs> yeah. uh, sound what was and the Google answer was it yes or no uh, no I'm find out right <laughs> absolutely not they're from New Jersey they're from New Jersey. But yeah, like you see it reflected in Midwest emo, you see it reflected in emo like happening on the West Coast. You look at like mom jeans, they're huge right now. And, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of like trumpet riffs and stuff like that on this album that are yeah. so much, I don't want to say like replicated because they're not the exact same, but it's certainly, it's got to be a reference. Well, like the trumpet tone, which was recorded in a bathroom, I found out. <laughs> very uh, fun. And like a lot of the acoustic guitar reminds me a lot of Neutral Milk Hotel, which is very folk pop, folk punky. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I It's like, uh, I mean, not to be not like other girls, but I, I'd like to consider myself a, a pretty good connoisseur of Connoisseur. In indie emo kind of music, but I didn't realize how influential they were and I didn't listen to them and didn't realize how much of the music I like that they influenced. To, You're to, welcome. to speak to the like are they Midwest emo point? Yeah. When when this album finished, Spotify started like auto playing related artists. Mm-hmm. And the ones that came up immediately after were like Prince Daddy and the Hyena, oh, Jesus. Hot Mulligan, uh-huh. Jeff Rosenstock. Uh-huh. It was like <laughs> As soon as this album ended, everyone that has like been influenced by them started playing. Yeah. And it's like they're they're a big deal yeah. because of the genre that they haven't created but have influenced. Yeah, have definitely become like a poster child for. Mm-hmm. It's like is this is this Midwest emo and then you come across all these like Midwest bands and it's not but it is. It just so happens that everyone who lives in the Midwest decided to write the same kind of music. I mean, there's nothing better to do here. <laughs> All right. Uh, what? The, so, Arwa. Opening title track. Opening title track. Skeleton. We don't. We don't really care for as a group. We. we it's <laughs> cute. We talked about this a little bit. Well, okay. I think this plays into like the the front bottoms are a meme kind of thing. It's yeah. like Some of their lyrical decisions are just. Like goofy. Oh, I love it. And it sounds like a diary entry half the time. It does. Or like you're it's telling ri- your friends it's like, like a country while you're song. Drunk. Like everything he's talking about is happening to him or had happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except he's not talking it's about a tractor. Cold he's talking. <laughs> and I have a freezy pop and my teeth are frozen. <laughs> it's like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't think those are actual lyrics, but no, maybe they I are. was fooled. Uh, they could be. We could write <laughs> yeah. a front bottom song. Um, but we did think that some of the lyrics in Skeleton were very cute. Uh, again, like this was my first pass at the album and I was listening and there's a bit where, uh, let me pull it up real quick. I got very strong bones. It's adorable. It's such a good... 
And then there's a second part of the song that we really liked, uh, talking about, you know, someone being inescapable. Um, and I'll play that right now. Relatable. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> King of metaphors. Student loans. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But I, I really do love that energy, especially in songwriting. I love, um, uh, I'm going to make you guys talk about Jens Lechman, but. We'll, oh, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but again, like hyper, hyper autobiographical um, to the point where like uh, there's a song by him entirely about like his hairstylist. And, and the way he loves when she cuts his hair. <laughs> and and I think that's so charming. It's like uh just just being literal for the sake of being literal. <laughs> I like I like that you pointed out that there are some motifs throughout this album, mm-hmm. and one of them is the trumpet part. Yeah. Um I I don't really know what else to say about that. <laughs> Just that it, it feels like a, like a brush painting over a lot of the album. And it, it kind of, uh, oh my God, my art school is showing. But like um, oh. to, to have that trumpet with that tone painted over multiple songs, it feels like, um, I don't know, a la like Picasso's blue period. It, it kind of ties. Yep, I know what that means exactly. <laughs> It yep. ties uh, it ties these songs to this album, to this point in their career, to this like sort of musical moment. To me, and I have a less sophisticated metaphor. Yeah. Um, you know, in Suicide Squad, they say, "What is this? Some type of Suicide Squad?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh!" And you're like, "Oh my god, that's the one!" So <laughs> the name of the movie. When I'm like, when I'm like, hear a motif repeated through the album, I'm like, "Oh, oh that's the that's the guy." <laughs> like, oh, that's the guitar lake. Like, like. <laughs> I, you know what though? I, the blue period part makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it is very indicative of like where they were at this point. Absolutely, they were like, "We're gonna put trumpets in folk emo." Yeah, and then. Everyone after that said, we're going to do that too. Absolutely. And I mean, you take that over to, I think of like, like, uh, um, like Panic at the Disco, you know, they have an album that's very like hippie, you think pretty odd. It's like hippie, we smoke a lot of weed, very gay. And then you go to A Fever You Can't Sweat Out and it's very like broke. It's very theatrical and like, and it genuinely feels like, I mean, this doesn't do it to the same degree, but they feel like artistic kind of movements or periods you know you talk about cubism you talk about modernism postmodernism um i don't know things like that that are just big words that people like to use to describe aesthetics uh and that really can be tied to not just visual art but music too oh yeah like um there's that like alternating guitar like the guitar lick is just like like two notes alternating on two different strings. Yeah. And there's like five songs the album that use this. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, there it is again. Like, do, 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 do. And it helps. It makes it so cohesive Mm -hmm. and familiar. Like you, you come back to this album probably after years and years and think like, oh yeah, that's Talon of the Hawk. Like that's what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact. This was almost the name of the album. Swear to God, the devil made me do it. Really? Yes, first tune they wrote on the album. Oh. And it sounds so much like uh, like that brand new album, The God. Oh, Devil and God are Yeah, like, it mm-hmm. gives me that same vibe, but like, way different music, obviously. I, the, one of the few things I read, I should have done more homework. One of the few things I did read is that the the title of this album came from like the lead singer 
drawing a picture of a pocket knife like mm-hmm. in a in a journal uh, <laughs> while they were on a tour bus. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. I just think like pocket knives are cool. So he was drawing pocket knives and wrote <laughs> the 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 name Hawk is based off of a character in the TV show Twin Peaks. No. There's uh, this Native American um, police detective who's one of like the side characters, uh-huh. and his name is Hawk, mm-hmm. or his nickname is Hawk, or whatever. Uh, and he writes Talon of the Hawk underneath the name uh, uh, the drawing of the pocket knife. Mm-hmm. And then he took it to the studio when they were trying to decide on album names. And everybody was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, sick. I think Pocket Knives are pretty neat. That's how they, like, named the whole album. Every song has, like, a goofy reasoning. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there. But, like, like Lone Star is from a beer. They just like to drink. Yeah. Big Silly Goose content. Just goofy boys. Yeah. There is one part in Swear to God that we were kind of talking about, like, the trumpet. Mm -hmm. And that's a really uh, well-painted portion of this album's canvas. Delicious. Ba-da-da. Just in the back. It's so nice. Little, little trumpet. Little little sets the mood for the album. Little stabs. It's yeah. really delicious. I'm scared to talk about this next one. Um, oh. I am too. This is like Probably this is the biggest. One. I think it's too big for us. We can't talk about it. Okay? <laughs> We're just so <laughs> little. Uh, Zach, you made a really uh, uh, you made a good note saying you know how big this song is and how much weight it carries because it's the most played song oh, on Spotify. I'm not good at bottoms. math. How many zeros is a million? Six total. So thirty-seven million. It's a population of California. Sure. <laughs> let's get some let's get some references. Yeah. Let's get some scale here. Population of California is thirty nine million. Damn. So that's, wow. That's basically every, everybody there listen to this. Dude. <laughs> everyone in California. Honestly, probably. Uh. Well. Okay. I was talking earlier about how I didn't realize that I knew pieces of this album before mm-hmm. you know listening to it front to back, and I mean, big surprise, Twin Size Mattress is one of those songs that Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I had heard and, like, knew portions of. And I'm going to get real Gen Z on you, but there's a lot of Front Bottoms music being used on TikTok. (laughs) Especially in, the, and this is a weird genre of internet content, but there's a lot of um, kind of, like, younger Gen Z folks who use front bottoms music as sort of this like dramatic soundtrack this very like um they'll kind of uh do uh the like voiceover or like um uh mouth along to it or like mime with it or make it very I don't know like deep especially I've seen twin size mattress um we're gonna talk about Lone Star I've seen Lone Star and it it's sad it's it's not sad but seeing seeing kids still um find weight in this stuff seeing like a 16 year old uh kind of sing along to like um when they prayed to god you would change it's like fuck like Oof. kids are still going through it you just wait you just wait you 16 year old did, did yeah. you, you were you were like in competitive speech and like forensics i was were people crazy about Car Radio by 21 Pilots? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was in that. Yeah, okay, that's, I was in that that's subsection what I was gonna people. Say, is yeah. It's like the people our age that were crazy about Car Radio 
Well, I'm not sure how I'm trying to phrase it. The, the TikTok generation. Yeah. Twin size mattress is their car radio. Mm. I've, the little TikTok I've used or seen my girlfriend use, yeah. I've seen a lot of law dispute, which is also. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Ooh, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when did the teens get taste? <laughs> <laughs> That's when they got sad. Like, I was incredible. Well, I was still sad in high school and I was incredibly lame. Well, it's funny to think about, like, growing up, I was really into 90s music when I was, like, a kid. Yeah. So it's, like, that's, like, them being into, like, like well, I, mean, I, I into 90s if... music as teens are to 2000s music. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, like, my uh, like my older cousins who might have had an emo phase saw me listening to, like, uh, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out and been like, what? Like, kids still like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have a we have a couple points we, to hit. We haven't talked about, the, uh, yeah, it's a good tune. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this first uh, big setup. <laughs> this is for the snakes and the people they bite, for the friends I've made, for the sleepless nights, for the warning signs I've completely ignored. There's an amount to take, reasons to take more. It's no big surprise, you turned out this way when they closed their eyes and prayed you would change. I begged you to stay. You said, hey, man, I love you, but no fucking shame. Oh, Oof. It, it hurts. <laughs> Ouchie. <laughs> I mean, there's there's really something to be said for the, the way that, like, the three of us sitting at this table hear that and we go, oh, ouch, ouchie, <laughs> woof. You know, I mean, uh, like angst and and sadness and like familial hardship. Um, it but, sucks, but, in a, but in it's in a good way though. It makes you feel good, right? Do you guys feel good like, about listening I feel to nostalgic. it? Nostalgic, or maybe like more cathartic. Cathartic like. is a really good word, and it sucks that these are are universal experiences. But like, damn, at least <laughs> at least we got some good riffs out of it. We had uh. a second little bit from here. Um, that'll go ahead and play. She holds on. Rock and roll. Oh, it's so good. Rock and roll. That's what they said at the beginning. Rock and roll. <laughs> they said rock and, and roll. And they delivered. It's such a good lyric. I don't know if you guys like feel it, but like, she hopes I'm cursed forever to sleep on a twin size mattress. Yeah. Never graduating. Like that's like a metaphor for like I'm gonna live in some dude's basement or attic. Yeah, yeah. And my nightmares will have nightmares every night. <laughs> It's really, it's really delicious to put a lyric about someone like cursing you as as part of like I don't know bad blood that you still have with this person. Well, and it's probably a little bit of fear on his end, right? Because oh, he's yeah. like, "Will I sleep on a twin size mattress every night for the rest of my life?" Like, yeah. That's... Like this person hopes this for me. Like, is that going to be the case? Do you guys have time for another fun fact? Yeah. I do. Oh, always. I, I, I wish I could find it. I wonder if I can find it. The demo for this song. Mm-hmm. Is thirteen minutes long. Oh God, That's too long. Uh, and I was listening to the commentary on Spotify, and I didn't quite understand what he was trying to say. 
Mm. So the guy who mixes their tunes was like living in a cabin. Okay. Or who like produced their tunes. And so they had to like give him cassette tapes. Because he was in a cabin with like very little electricity. <laughs> he didn't have and no, no, and no internet. 2013, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the dark ages. It's so like after like six months of him being in the cabin, he came back with like a four minute version of it. And Whoa. Before we move on to Santa Monica, I have to pee. Hi, folks. I just peed, and we are back. We were talking about Santa Monica? Yeah, so the next thing on our hit list is the song Santa Monica. (laughs) We're about to kill Santa Monica. We're going to kill the song. I also want to point out, this is the song that influenced our drink pairing. That's a very good time to talk about beer. (laughs) Uh, Santa Monica uh, is the... I don't know, six or seven song of the song. Who song knows number anymore? Six. Song number six. Um, and I don't, I think we were trying to figure out a drink pairing because we like to pair drinks on album Rebrews. Yeah, best enjoyed with. Uh, and we also, uh, we like to have it, um, the drinks associate either with the album or with the artist. Like, we don't want it to just be like, uh, Talon of the Hawk has the energy of a light beer. We're like, no, a Tecate, and here's why. <laughs> I mean, they just mentioned drinking Tecates. Yeah. Yeah. And we figured that was enough of a... And and we couldn't find a Lone Star. No, we couldn't find a Lone Star. (laughs) We could also only find one 24-ounce Tecate. Yeah, so unfortunately we're drinking uh, 16-ounce Tecate. So we're just drinking like Tecate pints, but the intention was there. We're drinking enough Tecates to make up for the 24-ounce claws. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Um... We'll have at least 24 ounces of Tecate in us by the end of this episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much more to say about this song other than it was the reason I wanted to pick Tecate as a drink pairing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we do have a couple of uh, timestamps to listen to, the first being uh, the influence for our drink pairing. Um, so I'm going to get that set up. So uh, this is sort of the soundbite where um, we were inspired we were forever lying on the Santa Monica beach Drinking Tecate, 24 ounces underneath the stars What a vibe <laughs> If only we had 8 more ounces uh, Well, grab another tiny one Oh wait, those are 12! <laughs> yeah. Fuck, our math doesn't work out Half half of that one plus Half uh, of um, this one A third of that one plus Okay, for those of us playing along at home, Logan is pointing between the regular size 12 <laughs> yeah. ounce cans and the pint 16 ounce cans. Some of that one. And the two brain cells in his noggin are just absolutely slamming together. Two 12 ounces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. duh. What? Yeah, that is a 24 ounce. We've done it. We've done it. <laughs> We've done it. Um, this is the second little bit that we had noted. Confessing on the couch. I want to be how I know that I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> I forgot that the first time I listened to this song, which was today, I teared up at that line. <laughs> yeah, it's such a like a unique type of love song. He's saying, like, that's really powerful to say to somebody, right? Like, Yeah, like, especially, well, I don't know how personal I want to get. I have daddy issues. And, <laughs> We're going there. And um, right. my dad was not 
strong enough for my mom. So to hear that is really like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that's some kind of fucking love, you know, to to recognize the trauma or the family dynamic or whatever of someone that you love and say, like, I don't want to repeat that history. I thought was really poignant. You experience whatever you experience in your lifetime with your family or with your uh, other relationships in your life. And, and you hope that the, the bad things don't repeat themselves, especially in, um, I don't know, when you start, uh, dating someone or whatever, like that's your relationship. That's your thing to build from the ground up. So you hope that you're able to build it free of, uh, that bad kind of energy, those bad habits that were present Mm -hmm. in your family dynamic prior Anyway, (laughs) Um, that's just, that's sort of my little bit that I wanted to talk about with that song. And I totally blanked. I totally forgot that it it held that kind of weight for me, but it does. And uh, am I going to listen to this when I'm drunk and alone and feel like crying? Maybe. The next song on our list to talk about is song number seven on the album, The Feud. Mostly because uh, <laughs> there's a goofy little thing that you two noticed with the production <laughs> of this song. There is there is a, a a cut in the guitar track in the feud, like around the 155 mark, and I don't know why, but it was one of the the things that stuck in my brain. I was like, <laughs> I like noticing the little production errors because it feels very human. Like yeah. you, you think about albums as these like perfectly crafted like oh we spent years in the studio and and we came out with this incredible piece of art and then there's like one little cut in the middle and you're like oh my god they, <laughs> that's in there people, <laughs> yeah. people made this yeah well I'll play it let me get it set up real quick I just I think it's so humanizing I mean the guy was producing in a cabin I think right? <laughs> I think we found out earlier <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe his scissors just weren't <laughs> sharp enough so listen really closely I'm gonna play the song bite and. Uh, <laughs> It, it's like a little uh, scavenger hunt. See cool. if you can little, notice little hiccup. the guitar hiccup. It's right there. Uh, it stays in tempo though, right? I'm going to play it one <laughs> more time because I, I think it's really delicious. Just that tiny little jump. It's like it's like a shiver. It's like, whoop. It's like whoop. <laughs> a little hiccup. Uh, but the rest of that buildup is like goosebump inducing. Oh, totally, uh, totally. Um, there's a part a little bit later that'll go ahead and play. Oh, the hand claps. Oh, it's such, good. A, such a good it's little good. back into the back into the head of the tune. How crazy that they have that tiny little weird edit, and then <laughs> it's this whole cool thing. Yeah. I don't think we grabbed a soundbite, but then that song ends, and like like the drums <laughs> just follow the time, and everyone like just plays fucking whatever. Yeah, and, it, and it's just such a like a like a cool way to show like like the songs about like well I guess I'll go. 
<laughs> and the band's it's just a like, bummer, fuck man. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point to bring up is the whole song is like, um, you want this guy over me. Cool. And it's it sounds angry and it's like I'm hurt and this blows. And then and then it switches to this kind of light, <laughs> like folksy uh, kind of up tempo thing. It's a bummer, man, with like it's little hand man. claps. So going from one beer song to the next, we have Lone Star. Zach, originally you were kind of making a push to have Lone Star be the beverage for the evening. Oh, yeah, but uh, we didn't try very hard. No, we didn't. Two places. I, yeah, we just... well, I thought we could do both in case we wanted to, like... It is a lot of work only drinking Tecate for, like, an hour. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm having a real easy time. That's the work we're willing to put in. <laughs> yeah. For the art. <laughs> for the art. Uh, yeah, but uh, Lone Star... Uh, but it is the only skippable track at IMO, in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I'm like, eh. Well, it's, it's just isn't this like, one of the ones you want to talk about specifically? Yeah, well, I want to talk about it because I wanted <laughs> because some hot it's takes. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I disagree, and I'm going to bring it back to TikTok. All right. Um, because Lone Star is one of the other songs that I've seen a lot of TikToks about, and it's a song that has a lot of really <clears throat> interesting like theory behind it. So... Um, I'm going to play just sort of the beginning part of this. Um, you know, he's going to talk about uh, paying a lot of money and his pregnant girlfriend. I'm just going to play it and pause it and talk about it a little bit. Goodbye, future one so bright. Meet my pregnant girlfriend. Watch my bank account run dry. 437. So... <laughs> No, okay, and here's why, no. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of people listen to the song, and it's like, yada, 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 you know, right? But there's this whole sort of speculation, which I'll, I'll bum you out in a little bit, but there's a speculation that it's... Oh, no. <laughs> no. Logan just sent a text message. Um, there's a speculation. Stop texting! I'm done! That was my mouth. Oh, my God. That one was my mouth sound. Uh, there's this speculation that the song is this sort of autobiographical um, recounting of taking your girlfriend to have an abortion. And, like, the $437 is supposed to be the cost of that abortion, you know? And he says, like, to erase all responsibility, go back to the way things were. And this is where the TikTok oh, teams shit. come in. That's heavy. Yeah, Are right? TikTok still kind of boring, abortions? but heavy. I mean, maybe, but this is another song that I see a lot of, like, kiddos lip-syncing to. And this is kind of how I learned... Uh, how people are interpreting the song is you watch these kids um, like m mouth the words to this. She looks me dead in the eyes and says, Hey, Brian, if you still believe in the Lord above, get on your hands and knees and pray for us. And a big thing on TikTok is uh, the notion of like a POV, a point of view. And so <clears throat> someone will use this audio and say, like, POV, we're in a Nazi camp that's getting broken into, and your girlfriend looks at you and says this. And then you go to the comments of this TikTok, and it's like, hey, you know the song's actually about abortion, right? 
<laughs> and that's my experience with this song. <laughs> and uh, to, to debunk this, I was doing some internet research because I, you know, had heard this before, before I um, placed any personal weight on it. And it turns out that uh, the guy who wrote it, I'm forgetting his name, Brian. 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 Brian, Brian yeah. wrote it, and he allegedly did not have any experiences like this. He just wanted to, quote, write a story. So it's it's not actually a thing that happened. Um, I was going to bring it up later, uh, I think, for everything I own. Uh, But in the commentary talks about, he's like, oh, this is, like, from an experience my friend had or, like, Mm -hmm. a couple different songs. Like, imagine, like, there was one song, I think, about a breakup. Like, imagine, like... Like, hey, you know that breakup you had? I wrote a song about it and it sold millions of copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be kind of the the vibe of this album is like, we didn't really have these experiences, but we wanted to write songs about them. Oh, yeah. and they're still so real. He's a yeah. great songwriter. Yeah, I mean, like, he gives he that emotion right to you. I think in the commentary track for Skeleton, they're like, yeah, I mean, this song is about smoking weed, but we don't smoke weed. <laughs> so we just like wanted to write songs about our friends' experiences. And I was yeah. like, all right, but also, like, what are you not telling us? Yeah. Like, you fell asleep in the front seat? You got too stoned? No, you didn't, Brian. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, because, like, <laughs> okay. Synchronized so, sip. You can't see what I'm seeing here in the studio, but uh, Logan and Zach just absolutely threw their Tecates back to finish them. They're Mine's like, goddamn, what is Sarah going to say? Very good. Um, it, it is crazy, though, that some of these are entirely, like, fictitious or you know someone else's story but they feel so authentic they feel like really well written it's wild yeah yeah a lot of uh a lot of like and i think it goes back to like just like the lyricism Mm -hmm. it's like very like this is happening right now to me Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and the metaphors are there definitely but it's like it's like a country song almost but about being sad in the midwest I, i yeah i mean i think that kind of like gets to the point of like people calling this like folk punk mm-hmm. is like folk is like the word you use when you want to say country but it's not like country <laughs> it's not bad it's like uh, <laughs> it's like a little bit too uh millennial for country a little mm-hmm. bit too uh what's the word i'm thinking of um, <laughs> socialist <laughs> <laughs> no liberal um, what's the word for like uh like a man who has a beard but it's very well groomed it's very Lum- lumberjack uh, uh metrosexual metrosexual <laughs> yes <laughs> it's too metrosexual for country so it's folk oh, interesting man. point that's funny uh yeah. i'm gonna crack another beer go for please it please do Whoa! Nice. Nice. This is what this podcast is about. All right. So we've covered most of this album. The last song that uh, fucking no one wants to talk about except me, but we're going to talk about it, is uh, the second to last song on the album. Backflip. Backflip. I only want to talk about this because... Because they gave the bass player an intro lick? That's the only reason I want to talk about (laughs) it. Well, that's why Zach wants to talk about it. I... I'm not a musician. I'm not, uh, I don't really work in music beyond like visual arts within the music space. I'm fucking, I'm like a photographer, you know? But I definitely think there's so much weight to the way a song makes you feel. 
And being someone who, like, moved from their hometown to Chicago and went to, like, cool, like, crusty fucking alternative parties and, like, smoked weed in someone's fucking basement. Like, there's a really specific energy to this song that I really love. (laughs) And we'll also play it so Zach can hear the bass. They just gave that to him. They just gave it to him like that, man. <laughs> they were like, you can go bum, 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 bum. <laughs> play half a scale. Why not? Why not? You Fuck get four it. notes, man. You That's all you. Roots all out of them. Play a scale. <laughs> but um, I want to listen to the first verse because, again, it was my first time listening to the song and it made me feel so good and so nostalgic, especially being in quarantine. Like, for going to this, like, weird random party with a bunch of, like, friends of friends and you're, like, drinking PBR in someone's kitchen. You're getting so a good. stick and poke tattoo and smoking weed in someone's kitchen. <laughs> this this album was I well okay I think part of the reason that I didn't care for this album very much was what when Is I that was true when I'm oh sorry goodness. okay part of the reason Whoa. I didn't care for the front bottoms very much when I was younger. Okay, we're talking like what in high school? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, all of the kids that listened to this album were way cooler than I was, oh. and they were all like it. giving each other stick and pokes. Uh huh. And I think I was just jealous. I was like, <laughs> man, I, I didn't have a lot of these experiences. I didn't like get stick and pokes. I didn't like fall well, asleep in vans smoking weed. I think, neither did they apparently. <laughs> That's a good point. I think. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, the three of us at this table kind of grew into cool with moving. Is that true? Oh. Is that accurate? Do you know how uncool Missouri is? Do you know how uncool <laughs> fucking Wisconsin is? I really think, and I think that's why music like this makes me feel some kind of fucking way, is it, it makes me feel like I am 17 and I know that I'm leaving my hometown and I know that we all live in Chicago. I know that I'm moving to Chicago and I know that... It's cooler, and and I think about my younger self, and I think about the experiences that I've had as a relatively alternative person living in Chicago, and, like, my younger self would have thought that I was so fucking cool. Nice. And that's why this song makes me feel really good. Would you agree that this music helps you, like, live out a cool fantasy where you, like, are putting yourself in the position of... The the this the singer and the lyrics like saying all of this stuff and you're like, oh man, yeah, like I think it affirms it. I mean, like I don't have any stick and pokes, but but the line about like uh a tattoo that I've, I'll probably regret one day. Like I'm I'm a I'm a tattooed person and my parents uh they're fine about it, but for the most part they're like, What about your wedding? Um and they think that I'm gonna regret every tattoo I've ever gotten and Right now I don't, and maybe I will. But but thinking about um, like bonding in a kitchen with my friends, like it's a it's a really good energy, a really good energy that I'm thankful to have experienced as uh, a young adult. I I just now like conceptualize that thought. Every party you're at, 
you end up in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about being at a party. That's where yeah. the cool kids hang out. But yeah, I mean, you end yeah. up in the kitchen because I maybe that like that's where the fridge is and that's where the drinks are, and you're gonna and you get your stuck drink. in a conversation. And, yeah, and then you just back and forth to the fridge in your conversation or whatever. Yeah. But no realer line than like talking to your friends in the kitchen at a party. I'm bonding with them. It's oh, it makes me feel really, really good. And maybe I'm just nostalgic because I can't, you know, go to a party with the friends that I'm not quarantining with or the really small circle of people that I've been able to see in person during quarantine. But, like, thinking about that, thinking about the really specific energy of, like, loud music is playing in another room and you're grabbing a PBR from the fridge (laughs) and for whatever reason you're deciding to talk to your friend about, like, their final project for their photography major. And it's it makes me feel really good. Yeah. I love the song for the same reason but a different lyric. And it's... uh, Breathe in, hold in, now let it out. <laughs> oh, this is the other really important part about this song is smoking big weed, baby. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of uh, lines on this song about like maybe outgrowing kind of the notion of like being a stoner. But uh, until then, I'm just going to try and relish in it. And I think the line is like, feel all the effects. <laughs> And it's <laughs> it's sick. So good. I mean, it's I really almost feel like it's more of like a like I'm gonna commit to the status quo, even if it's not exactly how I like personally mm. feel. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, I don't have the lines pulled up. You have the lines pulled up. Here you uh, go. Here you go. <laughs> Logan, go back to your mic. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the lines. Right no, now. the lines are important. Where, which one are you trying to find? I'll control F. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So he's like, uh, uh, he's going to realize he doesn't need it because it's not actually who he is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I mean, all of your cool friends are in the kitchen smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's like who you are as yeah. a person. And whether or not who that's go- who you're going to be in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. like, this song is just all over the place because the end line is like talking about being in a pickup truck so your boyfriend can't see me. <laughs> I don't understand this one. This was on my, this was the second list of possibly skippable. Uh, I really, <laughs> really like this song. I agree. I feel like this is the song that like makes me think about high school and be like, there were a lot of things I did to like hang out with my friends because my friends were cooler than I was. Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of a, a sidebar, but there's um there's an Into It Over It EP that I really, really loved. It was a split that they did with the band Koji. Um, and on the album, it's five tracks, and each track is a neighborhood of Chicago. Like, that's what the mm. titles are. And the first time I listened to it was... My first summer ever living here, I had moved to Logan Square, and there's a song on the album called Logan Square, and I thought there was something so fucking cool about having specifically, like, my experience reflected in a song, and having my neighborhood, and having something that I was a part of be reflected in a song because when you're when you're in high school in southeastern wisconsin and you work at party city and you do competitive dance like no one writes songs about that and i think there was a part of me that really yearned to have that sort of uh poetic uh alternative (laughs) experience it was really cool to see and uh this makes me feel the way that i felt when i first listened to that I think that's kind of one of the overriding themes of this album. Yeah. Is 
nostalgia and putting yourself in a place that you were five or ten years ago. Yeah. And being like, remember how things were, whether they were good or bad. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of nostalgia people tend to be like, these are the good thoughts that I had. The rose-colored thoughts. But a lot of it is just the really shitty stuff that you had to go through to get to where you are currently. Yeah. And I think plenty of our, like, early childhood or, like, high school memories, like... They just kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> this, totally. This album is like, remember all of the awful, awful all things? Of, all the bad <laughs> yeah. times. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. But I think it also highlights some of the really good parts. Yeah, totally. It yeah, it mm. doesn't it doesn't rose color the nostalgia a hundred percent. Totally. That is a really cool point. Never thought about it. And I think another thing, and this is kind of my final point, I think regarding. This song particularly and the nostalgia that I feel with this song is um, the memories that I have about, you know, smoking weed and bonding in a kitchen might be with people that I've outgrown or people Mm -hmm. that I uh, might not smoke weed in a kitchen with anymore, you know, but to know that those experiences are kind of under your belt, to know that, that that's the way that your life was and the way that you did life with people is really uh, something that I remember fondly. Even if, even if uh, you know, the people that I did that with, I might not remember fondly anymore. I still reflect on those experiences and think that uh, those experiences were very formative and cool. Cool. Uh, nice. Do you guys have any rappy uppy thoughts? We're just gonna skip this last song because it's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's sorry. Fine. Your Everything album... I own is fine. <laughs> no, they uh, in the commentary. He's like, yeah, we wanted to pick a really strong opening or a really strong ending for the album, and I had like a knee jerk reaction. We're like, bad. It's <laughs> like you could have picked a better one. It's fine. Uh, so the one part that the one line that I liked from Everything I Own is who's going to push my wheelchair when I'm sick. I thought that that was something really, like, poignant. And again, like, I'm just an emotional kind of person, but, like, uh, kind of wonder... The whole song is kind of about um, wondering whether or not you should end a relationship that may or may not be the best for either of you. But that line is, like, if I give this up... Am I completely on my own? I thought that that was something worth noting. I Yeah, I mean, I think there are several points in this album that are like, this relationship's not really working. Mm-hmm. Is it better to like continue it or call it quits? Or Yeah. Some of the main points of this album are relationship-based, and some of them are nostalgia-based. Yeah. Um, and that's all, that's all I got. That's Damn. all I got. But we also wanted to... Re- Reward this album with an album rebrew award a rebrewski a rebrewski a rebrewski if you will. This is kind of gonna feel like a like a yearbook superlative. Um, so the one we're giving Talon of the Hawk by the Front Bottoms is most likely to smoke weed in a car award. If anyone from the band would like to yeah. come and claim the award. Uh, we'll, we'll print it out uh, yeah. from a Microsoft Word document. It's actually just the word is just like an open can of Takati. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like glued onto a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. 
if you have a suggestion for an album that we should rebrew, let us know and maybe we'll do it. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.